Battleline Podcast, episode 44. Truth Seeker coming on. Ian Scotto here with you this episode. Chris is out. He'll be back next week, but keep listening. I don't want you guys to tune out because it's just me here. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff we're going to get into. And before we do, I just want to let you guys know about CBD, Ned in particular. We have more and more listeners checking out Ned and they're great. CBD has become extremely popular in the past year, making it more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. That's where Ned comes in. They produce the highest quality full spectrum CBD extracted from organically grown hemp plants, all sourced from an independent farm in Peonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs, zero isolates, no synthetic ingredients, and full transparency. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, their extraction process, all right there on their website. Some of the benefits, it's used as a sleep aid, also used to treat insomnia, an anti-inflammatory, a natural pain reliever, and used to treat anxiety and post-traumatic stress, used to treat depression, and a rich source of antioxidants. Uh, We actually just had a listener who bought um, from Ned the body butter and is loving it because they've been working out and they're having some issues on their joints and it's helping them out. Um, this The CBD is great and really helps you get a great night's sleep, wake up refreshed. And I've been speaking a lot about on recent episodes, the Immunity Blend, which is a limited release, a powerful blend of botanicals, herbs, and fungi that offer functional immune support. It's got things like elderflower and ginger, which you look up the benefits of uh, individually. All right there. I take it every day. I've been seeing awesome results and just feeling healthy. And, um, you know, in this time, what they're doing with this, more important than ever, and the uh, the money for the immunity blend is going to a great cause. 100% of profits for that immunity blend are donated to Eco Health Alliance in their fight to prevent pandemics and promote conservation. So great cause right there. Ned products, the CBD in particular, um, do contain a minuscule amount of THC, less than 0.3% as allowed by law. This level of THC makes Ned full spectrum hemp a non-psychotropic, meaning it will not get you high despite the trace amounts of THC in full spectrum hemp. It is possible to fail a drug test even at low serving sizes. So if your livelihood depends on it, We strongly advise against using ingestible hemp products. However, the immunity blend, which is awesome, you could take that and uh, have great results. So with our promo code, BattleLine, you're going to get 15% off your first purchase if it's a one-time order or 20% off your first membership purchase where you subscribe and save. And there's all different types of perks. You could read about that on the website. So if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD or any of their other products for yourself, we have a special offer for our podcast audience. Go to helloned.com slash battleline or enter battleline at checkout once again for 15% off your first order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash battleline to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. 
And uh, yeah, with subscription orders that are already discounted 15% off the one-time purchase, your discount code will then add 5% off for a total of 20% off all subscription orders. Once again, check it out now, helloned.com slash battleline. And as always, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T, S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. I like to spell it out because you might think it's ammunitions or ammunition. It's Fort Scott Munitions. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. And uh, I actually had a listener who was doing the subscription, the auto ship, um, and he was like, why is my promo code not working? Apparently, does not work on auto ship uh, orders. So just so you know... Um, probably because of the volatility of the market right now. I mean, everybody is stocking up. That's why you go to the website and a lot of things are sold out, but a lot of things are also not sold out. But that's why I say go there right now, because no matter what you're shooting, uh, you know, there, there's something probably for you, but it's going to be gone soon is all I'm saying. Uh, so use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. Let's do this. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on. Special guest Truth Seeker is back on this episode. Uh, great to have him joining us again. I can't believe that we're 44 episodes in. It is crazy. You know, I feel like time has fl- has flown with this, and we've had such a wide array of people on. But there was a lot of stuff I didn't get to talk about with Truth Seeker the first time, and hopefully we'll cover some of that this episode. I wanted to um, 
talked to you guys about, you probably saw us repost this GoFundMe. Um, I know there's a huge cross section of people who listen to the team house with Jack Murphy, who's been on the podcast, um, former Green Beret, Army Ranger, journalist, and Dave Park, who is also a former Army Ranger, among a lot of other things. Uh, New York City right now is crazy. And I, uh, you know, it's. I know people want to speculate as to who attacked Dave, and and I don't know. Uh, none of us really know all the details right now, but I can tell you, man, I've lived around this area pretty much my whole life. The timing right now is pretty crazy with everything going on. And the positive, though, is the outpouring of support for Dave. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll get I'll just read what Jack wrote here on the GoFundMe. Um, David Park, and this is coming from Jack, David Park is a friend, a brother, a decorated veteran, author, and many other things throughout his incredible life. On Wednesday evening, and this was last week, Dave was taking the L train from his home in Brooklyn to his job in Manhattan while sitting and reading. Someone came up from behind him and smashed Dave in the back of his head with a rock. Dave was knocked unconscious for a second, but came to and began to struggle with his would-be killer who continued to rain down blows on his head. Dave is a tough guy. He served as a Navy hard hat diver, was a sniper in the 75th Ranger Regiment, is a former Marine and deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq as a contractor where he saw combat. Despite having been knocked out, Dave tackled his attacker to the ground. When the subway stopped at the next station, the attacker fled. Dazed and incoherent, Dave somehow picked himself up and stumbled to the police station to report that he had been attacked. He soon began vomiting from his head trauma, and NYPD helped him get his medical attention. Get medical attention, I should say. Dave uses Veterans Affairs for his health care needs, but in this case, the ambulance would only take him to a regular hospital. Doctors examined him and found multiple skull fractures and busted orbital, orbital bone, traumatic brain injury, TBI, and that he is deaf in one ear from the attack. So this is insane, guys. Um. His TBI has been downgraded and his injuries are not life threatening. However, we will likely need multiple surgeries to repair what what has been done to him. NYPD has been to NYPD has been to see Dave numerous times and is serious about catching the perpetrator. While law enforcement and healthcare providers have done a terrific job to help Dave, the fact remains that he is going to have extensive medical treatment. He's going to have extensive medical bills to pay for a rising Uh, from his transportation and stay in the hospital in addition to whatever he has to pay out of pocket for surgery. I am a friend of Dave and initially met him through the Ranger Network in New York City. Um, And then he goes on. I think this is kind of cut off here because I printed this out. But this is a crazy scenario. The positive, once again, though, is that people really stepped up. And uh, I'd have to look at what the current – because it didn't print out, but the current amount of donations, the original goal was $1,500, and they completely shot past that. And uh, as far as I know, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm correct on this, but I would believe it's going to pay for everything that Dave needs and more. And that's why Dave wrote something himself where he was like, look, I'm not trying to reach out to other veterans networks to get money because he's like i got a great support system and i'd rather have those funds go to someone who doesn't but this is a guy who you know as i said there combat vet and could really use uh people's help during this time but he's going to be okay and he has been discharged 
All right, so they have reached $33,795 of an originally $1,500 goal. So I believe that's going to pay for everything Dave needs and more. But, um, you know, this is a guy who, once again, not only does a great uh, live stream with Jack, but served this country and was cowardly and viciously attacked. And hopefully we find out who does that. But, yeah, it's David Park's medical bills on GoFundMe and... Like I said, I'm glad to see that people have really stepped up and, and it's it's just good to see that right now people uh, care about veterans in need and uh, and are there to help when something like this happens. Uh, hope everybody's been staying positive through all this. It's, it's a crazy time. And I was reading an article from James Altishore, who I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, a while back, maybe two years back at this point. And he's talking about how, like, New York City is dead and it's never coming back. And that might be, like, a gloom and doom outlook. But he he makes a pretty good argument. And I see it happening. And I'm seeing it through, like, major cities uh, throughout the U.S. This is just a very uncertain time for people, as, as uh, cliche as it, as it is to say. But, you know, during times like this, and I know Chris talks about it, basically navigating your way and uh, making a way to uh, make things happen. I haven't been able to work out here in New York City, but I actually have been driving out to Connecticut to work out a few times a week because uh, that's the only way to, to get inside an actual gym. And I don't even know when gyms will be – no one does – when gyms will be open back here and I'll be training people again and that stuff. But I've been you know, more focused on both this podcast and doing voiceover and all that type of stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, with that, I'm going to bring it over to Truth Seeker. Who I'm really excited to have on once again before we get to him. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of this podcast, the BATTLELINE podcast, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. So back on the show, second appearance. You're the second person to have a second appearance because I always like talking to you. Truth Seeker from the Truth Seeker Podcast, independent music artist, uh, author of Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God. And honestly, so many more things. I mean, the men's retreats and everything like it would take a while to give you a proper intro of all the things you really do. But great to have you back, man. Always, always cool to hang out with you. Always cool to talk with you. Enjoyed our first talk. And uh, you know what? I should have 
I should have worn my T-shirt, you know, the T-shirt that oh, you yeah. guys sent me, which I've been rocking. It fits really good. Like, <laughs> I really like the fit, you know, I've been working out and it's like right on. Thanks for the T-shirt. That's that's <laughs> a good endorsement here. And, you know, it's funny. I could tell you've been working out, man, because I remember like and this is probably because I've been following your podcast for a few years now, probably a year to a year and a half ago. You were talking about like changing your diet up, working out again, and you you look great. Yeah. 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 I mean, consistency is key. I know you're, you're a big gym guy. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, transformation and sticking with it too. Not even, uh, you can't take much time off from it because it, you know, you can tell really quick, but, uh, yeah, enjoy it. I feel great, man. And just the endorphins and everything that's released in your body and mental health connected with it. Like everything is connected with taking care of the temple. So I really enjoy working out here lately. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think people don't really get it until they actually do it themselves. For a lot of people, it sounds, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think that they have sounds like, like work. Yeah, they have like a stigma, though, about going to the gym and, and they think it's all about like the vanity and, and just making yourself look a certain way. And yeah, the, actually, a lot of the times when I'm working out, I'm in like a meditative state. And I know Chris says the same thing where for 10 minutes, I could be like, wait, I don't even know what's what three songs I just listened to because I'm so in the zone. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Um, just the thing where people people don't know that they're missing out. I think it's the same way with like healthy eating kind of comes in with it. I tell people straight up, I'm like, if you have never had, and especially if your diet's bad, fast food, just the American diet, if you've never had a green smoothie, <laughs> packed with a bunch of like nutrient rich foods like and then you drank a, a green smoothie i felt like i got high <laughs> my body was thanking me i felt so good just after downing a green smoothie i felt really good i'm telling people listen you don't know that you're feeling bad right now you we've gotten used to feeling this way whether it's sluggish or not having enough energy you're doing really well uh, going off of whatever strength or energy it is that that you're used to, but you're, that's your normal. You're, that's your new normal, and you don't even know that there's more potential, there's more brain power, there's more uh, body chemistry and problem solving skills. There's so much that you're missing out on because of your diet and because of working out and stuff like that. So, did you hate it at first though? Because you know all the stuff that we've been conditioned to eat, you know the McDonald's and all that. It, it is. Much like social media, much like many other things in American culture, it's designed to be addicting. Um, you know, green smoothies are great for you, but it doesn't have that addictive property to it. Yeah. I look at it more, and, I, and this is a funny analogy, but almost like a, a RPG video game 
Like you need to put these things in your body for it again to to uh, to upgrade to go to the next level to like um, the different smoothies the the things that you're putting in it like making this alchemical process of like what type of smoothie we're gonna do and so like for me I felt and feel like immediate results from it and then again on the fast food stuff I feel immediate results from that of like feeling sluggish and feeling tired and wanting to feeling like I throw up and overeat just because it's good and knowing I shouldn't you know, feel guilty versus the opposite, like feeling good about myself, feeling more confident, having that energy. So for me, it's like, you know, even though there is that battle again with the war and programming and addiction, it's easy and it smells good and they play off of the senses and put the right dyes and colors yep. in it. Uh, even though that that's a war in the mind and in the body, um, I think it helps because I do feel results. Even after like slacking off from working out for like a week or two, we took a break and uh, and I felt my body just kind of flabbing again and just yep. kind of losing the definition. I hit the gym one time, me and a buddy, we were working out. And after one time, it's like muscle memory. Every The definition <laughs> yep. just starts coming back after one workout. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there's some results. So if you was to do it and not see any results, which – you got to look for them, but they're there. So I think that the results help on both sides, the good results or the bad results. Pick which one you want. It's true because so gyms have been completely locked down here in New York the entire time. And I decided, you know what? I am going to drive to Connecticut regularly to go to a gym because I am missing this part of my life. I mean, I've been doing home workouts and all that, but it's not the same. Um, and I thought I was going to be ridiculously weak. I have lost some muscle. I have lost some, some strength. But it's nowhere near the amount that I imagined. So I know exactly what you're saying. And, and also just missing – miss uh, feeling that you're missing something after just a few days away. Like I remember one guy who was a trainer at uh, UFC gym, which I was going to, um, and a boxing coach. He would say seven days away from the gym makes one week. It's true. <laughs> it's very yeah. true. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard that in the Christian sense. What is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, seven uh, – uh, Seven days away from God or not reading your Bible, you know, makes one week and uh, and you give the devil an inch 12 times. He becomes a ruler. <laughs> Those little. Yeah. Puns. And people will be like, oh, it's you know, that's corny or something. But it all a lot of those cliches are true. Um, you know what I wanted to ask you about, though? So the last time we spoke to you when it was Chris and I, Chris is going to be back next week. He's just been busy with other stuff. But um. You know, but it's not just going to become the Ian Scotto podcast for those listening. But uh, last time we had you on, it was like five months ago, I think. And in those five months, literally everything has changed. And I don't even <laughs> really want to necessarily get into coronavirus. But what I think is just interesting is where society is going from here, whether it's inten intended or unintended. I'm in New York City right now, and it is a ghost town. And I just read this piece from James Altishore, and he's like, New York City is dead, and it's never coming back. And I, I actually feel like as a whole, the entire nation is vibrating at a very low frequency. We don't have that interaction with each other. And I'm, I'm not even saying, like, whether this was the right move or not. But I, I just think when people are in their own little dwelling no interaction with other people in society, no touch, you know, it's not a good place to be. I, I do think yeah. you're going to see a huge increase in depression and and also the people who are who are saying, 
I like it like this. I like that I, I could just stay in my house and everything can be done for me. I don't think that is like a recipe for a, a good society and, and um, you know, co-mingling with each other I think is so important. Yeah, there's so much to say when it comes to that, man. But, um, you know, I, I would say the hardest part was the first 14 days, the lockdown of 14 days, and then they increased it for two months a month. And um, there, it, it was different. It's different than it is now, especially in the South. We're open, man, like for the most part. There's gym. Some of the gyms are open. Some are, you know, half capacity, six foot distance, clean, clean, clean up and stuff like that. And uh, which is interesting. But right when it happened, it was scary. You know, was, everybody. I was uh, really big on speaking like against um, conspiracy theories for uh, a few weeks before any of this stuff hit. I was like. Okay, guys, be careful when it comes to conspiracy theories, because I was the master of them back in the mid 2000s, 2008. It's funny you say like, that because I, I do feel the, the exact same way as what you're saying. And and it's like, you know, people could look like we've had Alex Jones on the show. I, I like to speak to Alex. He's an interesting guy. I'm very I'm very anti censorship and deplatforming people. Yeah, but I'm also sure. very against spreading misinformation that could hurt people. So I know where half truths. Yeah. Because they become your truths, even if they're not real, and it which can lead to like panic, hysteria, end of the world scenarios, and it's not the end of the world, but for you, in your mind, it's coming to an end. It's over. We're all getting chipped. We're receiving the mark. You know, in these crazy scenarios from people who were like, would never be into those things, now they are because of COVID and because of the crazy stuff. And so it was hard. It, it is hard. You know, people are going through it right now and there's uncertainty and we're in weird times right now. But my big thing as a spiritual leader and a teacher is like just to maintain your peace. Yeah. Like that peace that you have through your spiritual practice, your connection with God, uh, reading the scriptures, whatever it is, your meditation practice that brings you peace. Peace. This is when it comes to play. If it's if it like when everything's going good, you're a spiritual dude. That's cool. But it's when everything hits the wall. Do you still maintain your level of peace your your uh level of hum humility and um a lot of people are going through it we're seeing pastors dude i got pastors hitting me up friends of mine they're just they don't know what to do they, they had to close their churches man you yeah, know and, and that's and what they i, I know people their livelihood you know yeah and i know like we're finding these alternatives with you know what we're doing right now there's skype there's zoom and and all of that is great but there is i think something to being you know in the same room is someone yeah. and uh, I, I don't I genuinely don't want to lose that and like the James Altucher piece I was talking about is saying how you know we could do things so much more efficiently with Skype and with Zoom and uh, you've seen that because you do your podcast and almost all of your interviews are remote you know which is great and I think it's important to strike a balance but I I yeah. it's funny i listen to a lot of fear factory i know you listen to a lot of different music but <laughs> yeah. every fear factory album is about like man versus machine what makes us human and i i genuinely think like we're becoming one with technology and and i am i am not for that i am someone who likes to be out in nature experiencing things in person with each other i do not want you know because i lived a lot of my life behind a computer and afraid to get out and i, I worked through a lot in myself to, to be a little bit more of a, um, open person and open to new experiences. And I think, you know, because I'm, I don't know if you are, but I'm generally pretty introverted 
And I think we're raising a society right now of extreme introverts. And I don't <laughs> think I, I'm whether it's intended or not. I, I am. I don't think that's good for society. My daughter um, and she's in high school. And so they just uh, had a thing in, in class and uh, the teacher asked them, OK, how many of you guys have ever broke up with a, with a boyfriend or girlfriend via text message? And everybody's like raised their hand who's had a date or whatever dating. And how, how many of you ever broke up with a person in real life? And they're like, there's that social interactions done. It's, you know, subject to just send, sending a text or whatever for communication, especially those social um, awkwardness. I mean, that's that's a big thing that's changing. Courting a girl. Courting a girl uh, to take them out for dinner, going out on a date spending money on a nice meal to hopefully maybe get a kiss at the end of the night or whatever. Now that's gone. Now we just, there's an app swipe, right, swipe left. Would you do me? I'll do you swipe, right, swipe left, swipe, right. And literally there's that social interaction of having game and Hey, what's up? And you know, looking the part, dressing nice, whatever it is that we're trying to impress people that's changing. The, the generation under us don't know anything about that. It, they, it's through social media, it's maybe through Instagram or Tinder or Grinder or whatever. Um, we're changing as a people, and again, the, the deal with—I um, was super against it. Yeah. You know, I, I fought against it, and um, you know, looked at it as a threat. But we're headed there. It, it is the inevitable. But I think a key is a balance to what you said, though, is still keeping your feet on the ground and literally putting your feet in the ground and staying connected with nature. And with the water and with the sun and with the birds and the animals and the forest and things like that. But still part of us being this AI, this cell phone addicted people that we are, that we have to have it or we panic with if we leave it at home and all of that kind of stuff. And so it is the inevitable where and to, to deny. I think that the, the, the sad thing is when we look at it as something that's coming versus something that's already here. Mm-hmm. Like we're already there again, these interviews and getting paid on the card. I don't get paid by cash anywhere, you know? And so now they're talking about a cashless society. Hey, I'm cool. I'm, I don't want cash. I want you to deposit. When somebody tries to pay me in cash, it is a hassle because now I got to get the money and I got to put it in my bank and try to deposit it and all that kind of stuff. So we're changing as a people, as a species, man. We're, we're, we are merging with the machines, but I do think that holding on to humanity and, and connecting with nature is, is, is a must. There's definitely a balance. It's a tough thing. Everything you're saying is true, and, and a big part of it is – I've heard David show the artist say this in a podcast he did. You, you can't um, – Technology always wins. You can't you can't beat technology. So yeah. you and I could be against it, but it's it's headed there anyway. So it's like how do how do we adapt? And even beyond the things you're saying with the dating apps and all that, I mean, uh, you know, we're a society that's now it's like you don't even need to go out and meet someone because then you and I have talked about this. People are addicted to porn on the internet. I mean this this device we have in our phone. It's like it's a portal to everything. To everything. everything negative you want, everything positive you could want too. Yep. Everything, everything. You get your social interaction out of it. You get your sexual fulfillment. You get your business. Like everything is connected in that phone. And it's cutting us off from, again, feeling human and being around people. Going back to when COVID first hit, those 14 days were rough. 
which 14 days that turned into a month that, that kept going until like, hold on, y'all got to open stuff back up. Like and for you guys, remember, that, that's for you guys for here. It's been, you know, months upon months. So, I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it was scary and it was sad to even think like, we may not be able to, I may not be able to go do karaoke and have margaritas with my friends and enjoy <laughs> Mexican again. Like I, we love that. Yeah. And, and so it was like, I can't wait to go sit at a restaurant and tell jokes with my friends and make them laugh. Cause we stayed away from everybody. Like we wouldn't invite nobody. It took a long time to it was like, okay, can we be around other people? It was, they really painted this picture and they still are perpetuating it. Like, Hey, you might be one. You might have it. We gotta be, we can't be around you. We heard you have it. They got apps and stuff that they want us to download that will tell you when you, when you're coming, when you've been in proximity uh, of somebody who uh, had COVID. Yeah, and some of which not, are already not, on your phone and you didn't even download it. So Exactly. Yeah. Not even if they had it, but if even if you're a second contact. Like if you came in contact with the person and then I came in contact with you, it will alert me, hey, Ian doesn't have it, but he was around someone who did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like yeah. signaling these people to be, you know, it's just wild where we're headed. It's crazy what they're trying to do. And that's why I do think it's pretty cool that you're doing these men's retreats, which we could probably get into. And and they're pretty out there for people not in the know of what you do. And they might be like, this yeah. sounds crazy. But, I, you know, from what I've seen, it is about making that human connection one-on-one, that connection with the earth, that connection with God. I personally yep. have never experimented with any psychedelics or any of that stuff. And, um, you know, I, for, for you, I, I know that there's a lot of positive to them, and I don't have that negative stigma because I know a lot of these plant medicines, as you would probably prefer to call them, are getting people off the opioids and, and the actual addictive drugs out there, um, you know, the, the drugs that are actually doing the harm. Yeah. Yeah, with the with the men's retreat, I mean, we had to postpone uh, the second one. I just started them at the beginning of the year, but the second one got postponed a couple months because of COVID. But even with that, it feels like um, whatever we're doing, whether it is and there's not even much psychedelics that we're doing just because it's still illegal here. So we're messing, taking some other plant medicines that really help you tap in and things like that. But we're doing a lot of breath work, meditation and prayer and then going into the forest, going hiking. And the biggest thing we were everyone seemed to take away from the first two that we've done already is just the camaraderie of being around like minded people. Because, again, with the end, we're all, I'm connected with people all over the world through my podcast and through everything that I put out, my book and Instagram, all that. It's cool. I love it. Right. But there's we are missing the human interaction. So to see these people who are connected all over the world, literally coming together for a little retreat like this for a, a, really a night, come spend a night together in a, a full day. Um, that's the biggest thing that they're taking away is like, wow, I'm not alone. And I've got some other guys out there who are just like me, who I can talk to and I can be open and honest about my story and my situation and not really be judged or anything like that. So more the, not even what we we were doing, uh, the impacts coming upon just hosting it and getting everybody to show up. And they're just like, you know, these people who are just like you because people feel marginalized and we feel separated and we uh, especially in the, like, the spiritual community and spiritual awakening and religion and all that stuff. And your religion separates you versus bringing you together, those kind of things. And so that's what's been like the most most uh, um, powerful or um, 
or had the most impact. And literally tomorrow is our next one. We have people driving and flying in from all over the country to come to Alabama to go into the woods and do a spiritual retreat. So it's been amazing, just that camaraderie, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like it's amazing. And I do think there's something to being able to open up with new people in person. Um, you know, I you could find an online forum and community for everything nowadays. But I could tell you, man, when I was at my lowest, um, I actually called you at one point and, and you, you really helped me out. But probably the thing, to be honest, that helped me out the most was my best friend. Uh, I went out and went on a walk with him and we talked for a couple of hours and it put me back to earth. And I think we're missing a lot of that. And and a lot of people are ashamed of I can't talk about this. I'm going to be judged for this. Um and I, I think, yeah, to get rid of that stigma and be able to talk about anything with like-minded people who know that there is a higher power and that they are forgiven for the things they did and there is new life ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing because literally that's what we're doing. They're coming there. We're going to go We're gonna go for a hike, you know, and we're just going to like get to know each other. And it's just the biggest thing of just setting it up. And it's not even doing much. I don't even have to do much. I'm just facilitating it and just kind of letting it um, organically happen. And so – Confession is big, dude. I do a lot of healing circles and one-on-one sessions and just letting people get stuff off their chest, man, is huge. Like even stuff that people are, that can't even talk to their wives and spouses about, you know, that they can open up to this minister or a healer or some random podcaster on the Internet that they look <laughs> up to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so they can get things off their chest that they won't be judged or looked at as crazy or silly because they believe in or hold near and dear to their heart, be laughed at, ridiculed and stuff. I mean, especially you, you know, I've read your book. You talk about a lot of things in there that people will be like, this guy is nuts. He's seeing things. And it, it's it's pretty brave to be able to put that onto paper and say, this is my truth. This is what I actually experienced. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. I had to. Um, early on, it, I mean, it wasn't easy. It's easy now. Now I'm, I, I make a living doing it. You know, people, I am that guy. But early on, owning your story and owning your truth. Uh, I mean, I was working a full time job and my friends were like, hey, man, you better not talk about that. Your boss finds that episode of that podcast or and we, you know, we we're on jobs where a uh, coworker were here and show it to the boss. Hey, they're talking about going do mushrooms on, the, you know, in the woods. And he's a employee of the company. He represents our company, you know, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, early on. I had other friends who were spiritual and very moot, but they would not talk about it. They couldn't talk about it. They got their, their, you know, in the community, people know them, people know their, their even their wives, like, cause it's going to reflect on their wife. We kind of went through that, you know, watch what you post online because my wife is in the public eye and she does different things and she's more of a professional than what I do. So owning that though, of like, you know what, this is my truth. And I feel like if I'm hiding it from the world or I can't be myself or I have to be ashamed of, of what's the things that bring me joy and stuff like that, then that's not the answer. The, an- the answer is um, authenticity, owning your story, being vulnerable. And a lot you're starting to see a lot of people do that now and owning their truth, whatever that is. Yeah, you talk a lot about in the book, like the whole cancel culture and that ties into all of that. Yeah, I, I think brought it up. Yeah. Nowadays, unless you are completely self-employed and financially secure, you do have to watch what you put out there. Um, I was actually just talking about it here with the engineer at Gotham. But like I'm 
you've probably seen it because we were connected and everything. I'm starting to withdraw from social media, uh, withdraw from social media other than stuff for the podcast. Be it's partially because of that, partially because of the amount of negativity out there. Um, but I, I know exactly where you're coming from. And I actually advocate for people like if they are employed and need this job in order to support their family, have whatever beliefs you want. But I personally would probably say keep it off the Internet and talk about it amongst amongst people that you could trust and you're friends with because it's not worth losing, you know, your your living for. And if you could find a way to make a living on your own where you could be as open and vulnerable publicly as you want, then more power to you. But yeah, we're, we're definitely living in a society where you say the wrong thing and you got to go out there and apologize or you're going to lose your job. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, I was a Christian minister, bro, when I started having these supernatural encounters that didn't fit that um, that mold, you know, and I started talking about it and posting it on the Internet. And these were people having I was supposed to go, go minister at churches. And then I do a podcast about the Kundalini. And they want me to come lead worship in the group. And so they hear us talking about UFOs and they're, hold on. So even though on this of me being a Christian evangelist, there's still things you can and can't talk about, uh, at least in their book, because it doesn't because they don't believe it or whatever. So um, I definitely, you know, it was a hard transition for me to to op- be open and honest. But it's again, the truth, man, the, the name that I chose for myself, truth seeker, like. You know, it's not truth holder backer, but it's not being in, in, in your face or, or being arrogant with it. It's like, um, you know, if you believe it, it, it become it becomes your truth and finding a way again to do it in, in a way that is uh, honoring other people. And it's not like, you know, taunting your truth in their face and what you believe, because that gets into political stuff and all types of crazy um, uh, ideas of that, that that are polarizing. You know what I'm saying? So, uh but yeah, it's a big step in, you know, finding that those people that you can talk to, Discord, your communities, they're big right now. They're blowing up. Uh, churches and, and all businesses all over the world are trying to do right now what we've been doing for the last couple of years, this, you know, having this online global community. And now it's, you know, the, the, the thing to do now, you know? Yeah. You know what I wanted to ask you about? Um this kind of connects to the retreat and the psychedelics thing. Um, cause I watched it actually over this quarantine. It came out of you. Are you familiar with the Ibogaine? Cause I know you are with ayahuasca and all that. Yeah. So what do you think of that? Cause I saw there's a, there's a documentary that, uh, Mark Bell did the same guy who did bigger, faster, stronger. He did prescription thugs. He did, I think it's like a 15 minute short documentary you could watch on YouTube called the Ibogaines. And he was saying that he had major injuries from being a power lifter. He was addicted to different things in technology. He was former drug addict, but, um, now his addiction was more, he was like anything on this phone. He's like, you know, and he talked about porn or all that stuff. He's like, yeah, became addicted to it. And, and he's, he did this Ibogaine trip and they've talked about how Ibogaine has gotten people who are like years of heroin use off of heroin. And he said, yeah, those dopamine receptors, like my injuries are gone. My addictions are gone. And to me, as someone who's never experienced any of this, it, it does sound too good to be true. And it's being kind of withheld from the public, this information. They're making it sound like you take Ibogaine, you could die. Um, I just wanted to hear your your perspective on it because it very interesting documentary for people who haven't seen it. So it's short. Yeah, well, too. so, I mean, I'm not an expert on it. I've never done it. Um, but, you know, most of these things are very similar. 
literally when I was doing my research and I did the uh, psilocybin, uh, like hero dose of psilocybin, after doing a smaller dose a couple months before, I thought I knew what I was getting into. But when I did the, the hero dose of psilocybin, it looked like a ayahuasca <laughs> retreat. Like I didn't know it was going to be that deep, like pulling you on this journey, like to being taken on this spiritual journey within. It was kind of scary. But um, what I what I experienced from that was was very similar to what a lot of people experience on ayahuasca. And I hear the same thing about the uh, the Ibo game, you know, the aboga. Um, of just finding that healing and, and going within. And so I think the plants are here to, to, to work with us to, to heal. You know, I think that um, um, there's something out there to, to treat our symptoms and, you know, pushing that reset button, you know, um, going into deep inner healing is going in and reprogramming the brain and, and, and having a different outlook, a different uh, relationship with your past. To really where you kind of clear it and heal it up and 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 not act like it didn't happen, but you're able to see it from another perspective. And I think for me, that's been the, the beautiful thing with psilocybin is that I've been able to get a different perspective on my life, on my hurt, on being a failure, on whatever it is that are your hangups that you don't tell nobody. It knows the mm-hmm. things that you've been suppressing, the things that you're scared of, and it's going to make you face them. You know, going into a ceremony like that to deal with the trauma and deal with the stuff that you ain't told nobody um, and to do it with a, a piece of grace. It's almost like this, uh, like you're with God who's like telling you, look, you don't be too hard on yourself. Listen, you, I'm teaching you. You're learning. Have fun. You went through this for a reason. I'm going to use it to better you. And here's how I'm going to do it. And you're just like in this state of you're getting taught by the universe, by God, by the angels or whatever, um, is a very, uh, transformative experience to go back and, 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 and change literally the, the neurogenesis that comes from psilocybin to not just reprogramming brain cells, but birthing new, uh, neural pathways. And you have new relationships with your past, with your trauma, with your future, like, you know, I have no hope for the future. I'm going to be stuck here the rest of my life. Boom, go ahead, boom. No, I got a future. I got, I'm powerful. I have, um, my words are powerful. I've created, I've manifested my destiny and my life up to this far. Now that I'm consciously aware that I can, there's things that I can do to take my life back into my hands and take my health back. Like, let me do it. One of my good friend w- was on both of these journeys with me. He was 400 pounds. 400 pounds and uh we had a talk we were deep in it and we had a talk and um i said a couple things to him that really resonated with him and um and how how do you say that because you don't you know you also don't want to shame your friend for something that you know has taken years or make them feel like less of of a person because a lot of people who are struggling with that type of thing they feel like they're treated like they're subhuman or something because they yeah. they overeat they struggle with something different than what you struggle with because we all have something you know so yeah with all of like, that how do you the, express the struggle that? in the way that you're, you're coping with it right whether it's the, the opioid addiction or the food like you're coping with something down deep you're, you're getting you're getting the instant gratification the or uh, a sleeve of oreos are great they taste great but you you regret it and so anytime we try to tap into the instant gratification with those things with with drugs or even too much alcohol or whatever the case is, it never ends well. So for him, it was the food and he was able to identify that. 
like what the hurt was, the things he was trying to suppress, like that food was covered, that food and even that physical big body was, you know, a lot of weightlifters. These big bodies are just hurt individuals and traumatized within. So they create this big outer shell. I mean, especially if they're taking, you know, because I'm very interested in that whole world. I've never taken any enhancements or anything like that. Obviously, if you look at me, but, um, you know, the the people who take (laughs) steroids and then the people who even take I I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they do uh, sight injections with oil to even make their muscles look bigger than they actually are. Yeah. Uh, you can yeah, find a lot about that on the internet, but yeah, the, the, it's all about like creating this outer shell that, that looks, <laughs> looks intimidating. Crazy. And, and a lot of the guys are former, like, you know, skinny and picked on and, you know, called a weakling or something. And yeah, it's all about everyone. I think is it's hard for them to heal from that past and they find different ways to like mask their past or, mm-hmm. you know, I could even get into this uh, with you, but you know, before my grandma passed away, her sister um, would constantly talk about how when they were children, my grandmother was treated better and I was always treated unfairly. And like I was able to take a step back and look at that. And it's like these women are in their 90s and they can't get over things Still that happened 80 it. plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the identifying that and, and plant medicines help. You know, and counseling helps and being open. And that's what I focus on. Right. Just being open and honest about your pain, about your hurt, about your trauma. First, you got to identify it, because if not, um, you're going to you're going to take that into your relationships. You're going to take that into your conversations. You're going to take that into your new job. You know, it's it's a it's a character flaw, a character defect that you got to deal with um, that's hurting you. So what what to say? Um, um, you know, being offended and, and it's like. You know, if if we don't heal from being wounded and cut, even from a childhood wound, uh, we'll bleed on people who didn't cut us, you know. Um, and so that's that's the thing. It, they, it comes into our conversation. We judge people groups. You get uh, you have a traumatic ex- ex- experience and whether it's like it could be anything like, you know, people having a bad re- relationship with their father who was a minister. Well, all ministers are this. I don't like Christians. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've met and literally in your mind, you probably only met four Christians in your life and there's millions. And by the the way, four that I met were like, "Mm, I I could, did not like these people. So now all Christians are that, or all Muslims are terrorists. All Muslims want to kill you. Take away your freedoms. All Democrats. Yeah. All Republicans believe in uneducated people, you know? And I'm sorry to interrupt, man, but like, uh, that is more prominent than ever. How much are you seeing on social media? All men are trash. All women are gold diggers. Um, you know, and then there's the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the people on the yeah. more extreme end of, of all police officers are yep. bad. They have that ACAB yeah. tag of all cops yep. are bastards, I think, is the heading. And, you know, and some of those people on the more crooked end, very few, you know, they believe like all black people are you know, destined to a life of criminality or something. And, and in real life, I think there's far less of this, but social media, um, really rewards and hypes up the more, the more hyperbolic and the more angry the statement is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it pulls it out of people. If it's in you, it's coming out. So that's when you got to like actively go and see if it's in you and destructive and that whether it's racism or, um, prejudice that you have we all have them 
but we need to find out if they're healthy or unhealthy, you know, and just these preconceived notions and judgments on people. This is something I've been talking about a little bit lately, and I've just watched a beautiful documentary. I had it for handicapped people, people who um, I couldn't communicate with like I could my friends. Like I felt like they were like, whether it was second class citizens, but until the first time that I was able to listen through a speech impediment and seen an individual and like how broken I felt that I judged this person or looked at them as less than because they couldn't articulate a, a sentence or whatever, you know, and coming to that like, oh, wow, now you just need to shut up and listen because they, they're regular people and they got wisdom and experiences and uh, joys and stuff. And you have to listen through their speech impediment or whatever. And so that was a big one. And and we watched this documentary. Uh, it was called uh, Crip, Crip Camp on Netflix. Really good. Obama. uh uh, the Obamas both, I think, helped fund it and put it together. But um, beautiful documentary. And that was like a thing of them looked of looked at. There was a point where we know black people looked at as outcasts and less than. But handicapped people were looked at as rejects and get away from me. And you can't eat in our establishment because you're going to make our, uh, you know, patrons feel uncomfortable. Like that was a thing. So to even coming to the handicap thing and where we've come now, handicap, they had to fight for it to get handicap accessible ramps and all of that kind of stuff. But it's putting these stigmas on on people and you need to find out which ones that you have and what is because they'll try to they may try to talk to you and you'll pass it, pass them up again, whether that's a, a, a Christian, whether that's a, you know, it's these boxes that people introduce themselves as. Well, I call them personas. You yeah. know, I interview people from all walks of life as well. Psychics, Christians, Muslims. I mean, all, and I don't see that anymore. Most people on the other sides, especially the religious sides, they're scared of the other ones. Mm -hmm. They don't associate with, oh, you talk to psychics? I, no, I talk to people. Mm -hmm. These are people. I don't give a damn what your title is that you're a person and we start like judging people and putting them on pedestals or whatever and literally they're people so it's it's a it's a big step to see past those those preconceived notions and judgments that we have because of a bad experience with one or one awkward handicapped person that i met you know or or one time that i got robbed by a a gang of black guys and now all black guys are want to rob me. All black guys want to, you know, or all gay people are this, all gay people are that or all straight, you know, and we got it. We, I think we really need to ask ourselves those questions and find out what it is. So I think this, the spiritual work that we're doing is like championing that work to like, okay, find those prejudice, find those ways that, hey, that's a little bit off, man. You're treating people bad. You're judging people. And so just doing the inner work, man, with all of it. Yeah, I think being like an individualist in this society is is actually the answer to a lot of problems and, and not having those preconceived notions. And it is hard for some people. I, I think growing up here in this area, like the New York area, you're exposed to everybody. So it's a lot less of that fear or a lot less of, um, you know, I think if people watch TV, it's a lot of negative stereotypes portrayed about groups that they yeah. may not be familiar with. So they're, they're living, uh, not even their own experience. They're living the experience of what they watch. That's you know brought to us <laughs> on television or, or on the internet. Yeah. And, and always the, the worst of the worst stuff is retweeted. Believe it or not, I heard Tom Green say it, uh, but 
you know, he, he was saying like America very much rewards bad behavior. So, you know, you do something yeah. bad, you, something negative, it's going to pop up all over. I mean, dude, look at the, the number one song in America right now, right? It's like glorifying prostituting at yourself. It's, it's very, uh, low energy i would say man very low low vibing energy or low frequency energy i should say well you know publicity sells steve-o just did a publicity stunt you know taping himself to uh a billboard and uh got all the news crews and stuff watching him but it's the negative stuff he could i'll say that because he he could have did something beautiful and helped somebody and it was like oh, okay yeah and, and it'll, be news, it'll be gone it'll be gone exactly like, I remember when I think it was Akon uh, donated, like, millions to where was it in Africa? I, I don't have the story off the top of my head, but you're nodding your head. You might be familiar with what I'm talking about. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I just listened to an interview yesterday. Um, Vlad TV has him on for the next week or so. They're, and he talked about the uh, – but he couldn't get any coverage. What did he couldn't donate he millions them? for again? I know it was in Africa. Uh, yeah, to uh, put wells in Africa. That's right. Water. And- Water and electricity. Electricity. And that was very little news coverage. You know, judged by the fact that I don't even remember the full story. And that should have been a headline story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I'd love to. I mean, they do it on the news every now and then. But what if it was a news, a local news that was just like 30 minutes or whatever of just like finding all the good stuff that's going on in your area versus like all the bad stuff that you wouldn't know about unless you watched it on the news and you know it's just how we glorify that stuff i mean you know living vicariously through that stuff and fear and i don't know there's a sense of comfort that we get through it as well and seeing other people um suffer and be miserable or something i don't know some type some part of the animalistic nature that we have yeah i i just wish you know we could have more people out there doing things for good, not for social media coverage, just because that's that's what makes us human, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, the time I reached out to you and just you, you know, speaking things over with me, it, it made a difference. And, you know, I think we all have a purpose here, man. And it's definitely not to, to spread negativity. I um I don't know if you've seen it, but I just did a video. I just because I've seen a bunch of these videos of where. They do a homeless makeover. Yes. And I know you actually ended up doing that, right? Yeah. We did a homeless makeover video. I I just, it's something that I, I, you know, I've seen several videos where they're just like taking a homeless person and getting them a haircut, putting money in their pocket, buying them a hotel. Like literally, I don't have the money to do that. So I was like, you know what? Let me just put it on a GoFundMe and see. It was just like a, we, I've been talking about on the podcast, we were discussing these videos and, and it was on the same subject of how they have challenges now that are like the knockout challenge. Yeah. Go up to a random old person or just a random person and knock them out. And there's literally young dudes walking by old ladies and recording themselves, knock, hitting them with one punch and knocking them out and running off. And, and to be fair, I do think because I remember this it was a few years back when it was really big. I, I think the media blew it out of proportion. It was real. Mm-hmm. But the media was acting like this was like a phenomenon going on everywhere. And yeah, well, I mean, again, we, we knew about it because of the media, the social media. Yeah, and so whatever, whatever challenges there was the condom challenge. I mean, they're just coming up with new challenges. Condom challenge, snorting a condom. You ever seen that and pulling it out your mouth? I remember. Literally, I don't remember. I remember the Tide Pod challenge. Tide Pod that. challenge. Yeah. There's all kinds of challenges. Most of them are negative, though. Yeah, and and so they get coverage or whatever, and they go viral. So I'm like, well, let's. 
because people would would talk about like when you help the homeless people, you shouldn't record it. You shouldn't show people that you're helping people because you're doing it for their likes or for the clicks. And maybe they are. But the thing about it is I'm like, listen, if we can do these bad challenges or these stupid challenges and make them go viral and make other people do it. How about let's do a challenge where we're doing random acts of kindness for people. So I want to do this video, put it out there. People say, well, you're not supposed to let your right hand know what your left hand doing and, and having your good deeds out there in front of people. But like I would rather see, uh, like encourage other people to do it. Literally me watching the videos of other people doing it, I was like, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. You know, help somebody and do it. And so I did it. And, you know, we, we put it out on GoFundMe and people donated. We had a thousand bucks. And so I was like, I'm going to just find some random homeless person and we're just going to bless his socks off for the day. And you're going to, you're going to like, you're going to run into the right person today. And literally we took them shopping at Walmart, get whatever you need, bro. Clothes, food, shoes, whatever, backpack, whatever you need, whatever you need. And, uh, if they needed a bicycle, like whatever. And so we took them and we took them out to eat. We wanted to hear their story. This particular guy, he wasn't really talkative at all, <laughs> which was interesting. So we had to talk a bunch in the video, but cause he wouldn't talk much, but just to, to change somebody's life. That dude will never forget that day. Mm -hmm. I'm not homeless. And if you picked me up and took me and did that, I'd never forget that. And yeah. versus being a, a, a homeless person down on their luck, no money. Hey, get in, bro. We got you today. Whatever you need. And we, I, we gave him 400 bucks, bought him a hotel. Like you never forget that. You know, and you're talking about like that, that you're loved and that you're forgotten about. And people thought, think they're forgotten, forgotten about, you know, so just a little ra random act of kindness and film it and hang it out and just like a vlog. And uh, we're going to do another one soon. That's awesome. And did you get any update from him since then? Or He was traveling through. Yeah. He was put. So it wasn't like he was a local that we can go visit him and stuff. He was traveling through. Even with the hotel, we wanted to um, buy him a couple nights. I was going to get him three nights in the hotel. But he, he was he wasn't trying to hang around. He was trying to get to California. So he said that he was going to use his money the money that we gave him to uh, to get a bus ticket or whatever to get to California because he was a long ways away. So, but no, no follow up. Even you know, even with that, that's what a big thing people would say. Okay, what is what is he spending that money on? He's yeah. gonna buy liquor with with the money. I'm like, man, what you think I'm gonna spend it on? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine liquor. You know what I'm saying? Like we judge, we or ju that's yeah, again yeah. that that judgment. Sure, you think they finna buy? I don't, you don't know what that man's finna buy. That man might haven't seen his daughter in years and goes buys her Christmas presents because now he's got money and shows up with toys. You don't know what he's going to no, do, you, don't. you know? Um, but it, it, that's besides the point that's between him and God, what he does, you know? And, um, so, and so that, that judgment, you know, uh, prevents us and hinders us for doing the little acts of kind kindness like that for people or talking to the people who are going to judge you we have these weird stigmas, man, that we we work through, and life has a way of humbling you for sure. Yeah, um, it does. And um, you know, I learning know, from those experiences. Yeah, uh, I know you have a hard out in like ten minutes, so I want to make sure we get to everything. Um, for the people wondering, uh, like what's new with the Truth Seeker podcast? What guests are you reaching out to? Um, and through all this, is is there any way that you're evolving the show? Because I feel like you. Whether you realized it or not, you were ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, you quit a job or left a job that was, you know, benefits and all that stuff. And you're doing your own thing via all this technology, which a lot more people have been doing in the past three, four months. 
Yeah, it really um, it's scary, you know, because being like a forerunner or whatever, we've been podcasting and doing this since like 2010, bro, you know, off and on. But, uh, you know, it's scary because numbers are down because now everyone has a podcast and everyone has a Patreon because they'll look at the model and they'll see something working and they'll copy it, you know, which is good. You should like, right. If something's working for somebody, it could work for you. So they'll see these models and stuff that we've set up. And um, but as far as numbers and engagement, I kind of feel like it's scary because you think that, okay, now like YouTube, it's crowded. YouTube can't really promote your video or recommend your video because there's 70 videos just like yours now versus the early days of YouTube where I could do a podcast and that podcast just boom, takes off because of the content, because of the title, because of the thumbnail. Now we have 11 year olds doing this stuff with amazing thumbnails and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's crowded. The market's crowded now. So I don't know. I've thought about playing with a morning show type thing, a little bit more fun, like like, you know how morning shows would do and a little bit more lighthearted yeah, and even yeah. have like certain questions that you would ask them and uh, videos and stuff like that to play. I've been I've been thinking about it, but honestly, I've been I've been working on a lot of courses lately and programs and courses to uh, to take people through on like, you know, we talk about a lot of deep stuff on the show and a lot of spiritual truth and stuff. And so trying to articulate it in a um, format where people can watch a video course or whatever and get like everything that I know on this subject, whether it's something to deal with spirituality or usually in the spirituality in the Bible, whether it's prayer or um, step, even like podcasting, like courses, I'm trying to really get that out. I talk to people, I give them, they ask me how to podcast. I tell them, I give them the information, but to really have it all listed, you know, I've been working hard on courses lately and, a little bit of music here and there trying to. So that's what I've been doing. So I got this course that I'm launching. Um, it's the path of the healer course and it teaches people how to do counseling sessions and one-on-one sessions with people and how to literally teaches them everything, how to do a consultation with, with a person on a call and then how to listen to what they're saying and write these things down that you're allowing that person to to say again, that confession that I was talking about, Mm -hmm. just teaching these people who want to step out and, and use their, um, uh, ability to heal and artwork and everything that they're doing, whether they're a musician or podcaster, you're getting in front of people who need help. And because a lot of people who come to me are like, they want to do what I'm doing. You know what sure. I'm saying? So it's like, I can tell you it's going to go, you know, you'll take it, to, but let me walk, let me hold your hand through it. So I've been working out, I've been, I actually been working about a year on this master course that I'm getting ready to launch in October to take people through like that whole thing and teach them everything I know when it comes to setting up a website, how to take consultations and put yourself out there, maybe starting a podcast, maybe starting a blog, whatever it is that you can do to kind of get your name out there a little bit doing guest features on other podcasts, like all of that stuff. Really, I want to help people, man. I want to make the most impact that I can and be as effective as I can where I am. And I feel like I, I want to transfer that stuff to other people. So that's what I've been that's been consuming my time. I'll say that. Yeah, you've been really effective with juggling a lot of different things. Um, I've even said to Chris, like, you know, because this podcast has become profitable, which is awesome, man. Um, but I also and budgeting for certain things you know what i mean because we have some great sponsors and it's mainly just audio i'll put up a video clip now and again but the video aspect 
I am completely ignorant on. I've I've done audio for the past 15 years of my life. So like I know all the ins and outs of that world. And I've even said to Chris, I'm like, once we get to like a visual aspect, I am hitting you up because like you do it right, man. Like your video aspect is on point. Your live stream stuff is is excellent. And you know, I know where you're coming from because people hit me up all the time, especially, you know, with my previous gig of I want to start a podcast. How do I get started? And there's so much that goes into it just from what I know. And nowadays it's like you have to know the audio, you have to know the video. And I just don't know if I even have the time or patience to learn video the way that you have because it's a lot. I've been I've been helping a lot of people lately uh, and uh, ministries get off the ground and I got them looking good, you know, nice. and uh so it's really trying to like even put that together. And I enjoy doing it. Like even though that's, uh, you know, it is a sense of creativity of creating something you like because I'm helping bring that to the table and giving it an aesthetic and all that kind of stuff. So there is some fulfillment as far as like creating something because I'm a creator, music, songs, courses, podcasts, books, like just birthing something that didn't exist. I love it. Um, I do. I, I, I know even though I'm helping, from. Even though I'm helping them, I, I just I love doing it finished product you know it's yeah it's such an awesome feeling man like when i went on instagram actually i think it was two days ago and i know you're i know you're a corn fan um because i think we've talked about this and i the first thing i see is i see david silvera from corn wearing a battle line podcast shirt holding up Chris's uh-huh. book and it takes me back i'm like i saw corn as like a I don't know, 16-year-old at Madison Square Garden, and he is wearing a shirt of a podcast that I created out of thin air, you know, with Chris just a few months ago. And it's like... Is he in studio? No, no, not in no. studio. Not in, I, I could hit, uh, hook you up with him, though, maybe, if, if he's able to come on, because he's a great dude. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's insane to me when I'm like... <laughs> I, that that creating something out of thin air, there's something out of, you know, like when I worked at previous shows at Sirius XM, that is cool. But when I'm able to say, like, this is something that was in my mind and I made a reality, there's nothing like that. Head, head text me last night. Yeah, that's right. You've had him on, right? No, he's never been on the podcast. But you spoke to him. Yeah. We're friends. Nice. We, we, we joke, we, he texted me last night. But every time I'm still 14-year-old me, 13-year-old yeah. me listening to corn and now like we're really good friends and i just i still blows my mind but that manifestation thing and you know being able to create it something that didn't exist and stuff and so um you know all things are possible to them that believe man and i'm a, a huge proponent of that it's all true man um i know you got it you got stuff to do so it's truthseeker.com truth s-e-e-k-a-h.com at Truth Seeker on pretty much all social media. The uh, the podcast is the Truth Seeker podcast. The book is Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God. Great book. I read it cover to cover. Available on Amazon or or uh, Derek's website. And you know what? Actually, are you working on any new music that we should end with? Because last time we ended with a song. Anything that, that you're promoting that you think this audience will dig? Oh, man. Um, you Just pick a song. Whatever you want to play, okay. pick the song, okay. play it. Um, I'm working on some stuff, but it's it's going to be months. But uh, I am working on some stuff. Writer's Block is a demon, and I've been fighting that demon for a while. But uh, here, last couple days, I've I've been making some traction on some stuff that I'm comfortable with and some stuff that's just flowing. You know, I don't have to force it. I don't want to force anything. 
but stepping into that flow, which I'm getting into. So you're going to hear some new music from me soon, a couple months down the road. And if you're on Patreon, Patreon, you'll get it as soon as it's done. That's nice. kind of how that works. So there's some new stuff on there too. So yeah, well, you're working on a ton of new things as people here. So I get it, man. Um, but dude, thanks for doing this. I know, I know I actually hit you up kind of last minute. Um, but it's always great talking with you, man. That's why I was like, it, you know, we haven't had a lot of repeat guests yet, even though we're, you know, 44 episodes into this thing. But I was like, you got to get Derek back on because it was a good conversation. I feel like we didn't we didn't cover a bunch of things that we got to cover this time. So, yeah, I mean, each each talk has been beautiful, man. Thanks for having me. I love what you guys do and uh, keep it up, man. You're, you're making an impact. I read those comments for sure. And they're really, really good. And that's why I know that's what keeps you guys going too. that and all the support. But those comments mean a lot, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just trying to spread positivity, man. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, dude. And I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, man. All right. Blessings. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Wrapping things up here. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. As I said in the intro, though, um, ammo is going fast right now. So get on there and look at what they have left because week after week, they are out of stock on certain things, restocking on other things. Um, you got to go to the website and, and give it a look. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. That's one word, BATTLELINE, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Tonto Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. I think there was a lot of uh, interesting stuff we got into there. I think talking to Derek is always um, always just a positive experience and, and uh, kind of resets certain things that I'm thinking about and uh, reinforces that there are people out there doing good things for other people, and, and I love hearing what he's up to. Uh, as promised, I'm going to end with something off the 333 album. That's my favorite album he's done. So I would suggest if you guys like this, go to uh, wherever you download music and buy the 333 album because it helps him out. And he's great. And check out his book and uh, get a shirt from us as well. I always have the link in uh, in the description to get our battle line shirts. Uh, hope you are all doing well. And as always, be sure to keep up with us on all social media and we'll be back next week with actually a special guest in studio. So stay tuned and uh, let's get right into Truth Seeker. What causes people to fail and what causes people to succeed is whether or not they truly get in the presence and under the influence of the Holy Spirit and get his dream for their life. Yeah. 
signs of all the things that wander and all the things we find that hide. Come and walk up in the spirit as we travel, as our destinies unravel. Take my hand as we enter the chasm, follow Christ to a place unfathom. Click inside as we fly like the eagle, to the skies of power never we go. Lose yourself from becoming another John Doe and never be afraid to let go of the ego. Click inside as we fly like the eagle, to the skies of power never we go. Lose yourself from becoming another John Doe and never be afraid to let go of the ego. Cause I never felt safe Let me sit at your feet Let me stare at your face And uh Into a world of the soon hereafter Into a plane where the angels gather Turn into a land where the mind is baffled And healing comes from the joyous laughter I'll right my wrongs and when my wrongs are right I'ma get a quick glimpse of the afterlife Into not my power, into not by might But of the blood of Hamashiach of the blood of Christ I'ma right my wrongs and when my wrongs are right I'ma get a quick glimpse of the afterlife Into not my power, into not by might But of the blood of Hamashiach of the blood of Christ That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. Never quit.